anyone at ORU can be an ODRD researcher. It's not limited to certain um, certain groups or positions. Doesn't matter how long you've been at ORU. Um, anyone at ORU can do it. Um, and then you know the the big thing is making sure you have a university partner. So these do have to be split between our staff and the university researcher. Uh, no more than fifty percent on either side. And so we um, we are happy to help facilitate that connection. If you don't already have a partner at a research or at a university, um, we have a mechanism where um, we kind of do that in reverse too. So if university researchers want to partner with ORU and they don't have a connection, we help facilitate that conversation and, and do kind of the matchmaking, um, as Kathy Ford likes to call it. You're listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join Michael Holtz and his guests for conversations about all things ORAU. They'll talk about ORAU's storied history, our impact on an ever-changing world, our innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers, and our commitment to the communities where we do business. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Happy Wednesday and welcome to another episode of Further Together, the ORAU podcast. My name is Michael Holtz. I am your host and I am really excited today to be talking about one of my personal favorite topics, um, ORAU Directed Research and Development, which is in our lingo ODRD, um, ODRD funded research projects. Um, as a research enterprise that has been around for 75 years. I'm proud and I know most of us who are here at ORAU are proud that we actually fund our own research. So I have three people with me today who are going to talk about ODRD research. Um, Casey Thomas from the Research and University Partnerships Office and Laura Davenport and Davida Hammond who are two of our current ODRD funded researchers. So ladies, if you would just briefly introduce yourselves and Casey, I will start with you. Yeah, good morning. Thanks, Michael. I'm happy to be here too to talk about this. It's one of my favorite um, projects too. So I am Casey Thomas. I am, um, as Michael said, in the Research and University Partnerships Office, and I am the program manager for the ODRD program. So I get to oversee um, all of the documents we put out and coordinate closely with these um, ORU principal investigators on their work. Awesome, thank you, Casey. And Davida? Good morning, Michael. I am within OGS, ORU Government Services, and I serve as a group manager and project manager within the Safety Culture Program, which is housed in Health Studies. And I've been at ORU for about seven years. Excellent. Thank you, ma'am. And Laura Davenport. Hi, Michael. I am Laura Davenport, and I've also been with ORU for about seven years, and I am an evaluation specialist with the assessment and evaluation team here. Thank you very much. So, Casey, let's start with kind of a, an overview of what um, ORU Directed Research and Development is. Um, I know we have specific priorities, there's a process, there are applications, you know, all of those things. So let's, I guess, start with the basics of, of when we talk about ODRD in our world, what are we talking about? 
<laughs> yeah, it's a great question. And I have to give you props for being able to say, um, or you directed research and development. It's quite a mouthful, isn't it? It is. Um, so ODRD was started back in 2016, um, and it's gone through a few changes over the years. We've um, just last year, in fact, in 2020, we took the opportunity um, since COVID kind of threw everything for a loop to um, revise the program a little bit. So it looks a little different now, but at its core, what it's always been is a an opportunity for our subject matter experts at ORU to collaborate on a research project funded by ORU. I know that, you know, this is, it's, we fund it, we work with university partners. Um, what are our, and you, you say the program's been revamped a little bit uh, because of COVID. I know we have a new set of priorities for the kinds of projects that we look for. So maybe talk about those. Sure. So um, for FY21 and FY22, we decided to narrow the priorities to three. Um, and they could be cross-cutting. Projects could be cross-cutting. So we actually encouraged people to address more than one of these topics in their projects. And those topics were public health, um, data science and analytics, and then diversity, inclusion, and equity studies. And we had a couple of areas of emphasis within each of okay. those to give folks a little more um, to go on because those are, are fairly broad. Um, sure. So, for instance, public health um, areas of emphasis there were health communication, emergency preparedness and response, and worker health. And then um, for data science and analytics, we were looking at machine learning and artificial intelligence. And then we had quite a few um, diversity, equity, and inclusion studies, areas of emphasis, um, climate, environmental justice, minority health disparities, STEM education, and effective career and workforce mentoring. So all gotcha. priorities so that ORU works on. Right, I was going to say. So our capabilities are still in there. We're just focusing them on kind of the three key priorities as opposed to you know, let's do something on workforce development or, you know, that sort of thing. Exactly, exactly. And a question we get asked a lot is, um, you know, how did we arrive at those priorities and are they going to change, you know? Um, and so we went through a, a fairly comprehensive process internally. We had a, a group of, I think, around 25 people looking at um, what we thought our priorities were for the next couple of years and what we thought our university priorities were research priorities were for the next couple of years and and where those might intersect. Um, and so that's how we came up with these three. Um, and the idea is that they will will look at them again. Um, you will actually get together in January to look at the next couple of years priorities and see if we if we want to make changes, if we want to stick with what we've got and just kind of how the research climate has changed, what trends are in the field and, and things along that line. Okay. So Casey, if I'm a if I'm a researcher or I'm a subject matter expert at ORU and I'm interested in pursuing a research project in diversity, equity, and inclusion studies or um, public health, how do I approach the research and university partnerships office about the possibility of that research getting funded? That's a great question. <laughs> um, so we, there's a couple of different ways. Um, 
anyone at ORU can be an ODRD researcher. It's not limited to certain um, certain groups or positions. Doesn't matter how long you've been at ORU. Um, anyone at ORU can do it. We are offices here to support. Um, so we put out every year. We put out a call for proposals, um, and every fiscal year, I should say, we put out a call for proposals that has. Um, basically those priorities listed has the kind of the schedule, the deadlines, um, also has a proposal template, tells you what we're looking for. The proposal's not super exhaustive. I think it was about six pages last year, um, which I know sometimes is a little more challenging to have a shorter proposal. Um, and then, you know, the, the big thing is making sure you have a university partner. So these do have to be split between our staff and the university researcher. Uh, no more than 50% on either side. And so we um, we are happy to help facilitate that connection. If you don't already have a partner at a research or at a university, um, we have a mechanism where um, we kind of do that in reverse too. So if university researchers want to partner with ORU and they don't have a connection, we help facilitate that conversation and, and do kind of the matchmaking, um, as Kathy Ford likes to call it. <laughs> For sure. Well, so this is where I'd like to bring Laura and Davida into the conversation. Um, and Davida, I'll start with you. Um, talk a little bit about the research project that you um, got ODRD funding for, and how did you make the connection to um, your university partner? Sure, Michael. Well, first, I need to start off saying that when I heard about these three focus areas, I was super excited. And it's because um, before I came to ORU, um, I had done postdoctoral work in air pollution and public health, and I had worked for the EPA, and I felt like that was a part of me that I wasn't able to carry to ORU just because I'm focused on serving customers doing safety culture work. And so I felt like this was an opportunity to tap into a different side of my brain that kind of was laying dormant. So um, first of all, that's what drew me to it. The fact that, oh, this is an opportunity for me to get back to doing some research that I kind of have left behind. Now, how did I find my um, university partner? I really did a search on LinkedIn. I know that sounds kind of weird, but I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to look at the intersection of COVID-19 and public health because we have these concerns prior to COVID about environmental justice and that um, lower income communities, um, those with lower education, those with more minorities tend to brunt, bear the brunt of exposures to air pollutants, you know, because of incinerators, coal-fired power plants, diesel traffic. And so this is something that's been well studied. And I wanted to say, hey, if we're in a situation where we know air pollution is decreasing, is it fair to say that air pollution is decreasing the same across the board or are those environmental justice communities still experiencing a higher level of exposure relative to other communities? So the way we typically look at this problem is that we look at our air monitors that are across the nation and that's not enough. It's only 400 of them to cover the whole mass of the United States. So this idea of using 
AI and machine learning to try to fill in the gaps was very intriguing to me. So I just did a quick LinkedIn search looking for professors that focus in on data analytics, machine learning, and AI, along with air quality. And lo and behold, I was looking and I found this researcher at University of Houston, um, Dr. Choi, and he has this whole air quality machine learning lab. And so I just kind of cold called him, you know, of course it was an email. Um, and he was very excited about the idea and we just kind of like, you know, two peas in a pod. And it was a very easy process to work with him. And so, you know, I know most people probably already have existing relationships or, you know, they use a relationship that is generated by the university partnership office. But in my case, I just did a cold call and it worked out well. <laughs> and you were looking for something very, very specific. That's so. true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you probably needed maybe to do a little extra digging to get there. So awesome. Thank you, Davida. Um, Laura, talk about your experience a little bit. Well, my experience was quite different from Davida's. Um, my research partner is Dr. Faruza Sabri at uh, the University of Memphis. And back in 2019, she actually approached ORU with a research topic that she was interested in. Um, as a physics professor, she's uh, acutely aware of the lack of females studying physics, and she wanted to look more closely into uh, some of the barriers of um, of entry into the field. And so I met uh, Dr. Sabri back in 2019 and um, Kathy Four had done some matchmaking for us um, after Faruza had uh, um, contacted ORU. Then Kathy reached out to my group, the assessment and evaluation team, and found some people who would be interested in meeting with her and developing uh, some research um, concepts and a research proposal. So I've actually uh, then known her since 2019 and, and we we did submit an unsuccessful ODRD application in 2020. But then as the uh, as the pandemic, uh, you know, came upon us and we um, we maintained our relationship, we, we realized that we could actually uh, revise our study and look more closely not only at the systemic barriers um, of entry into science but also um, pandemic related um, barriers that women are having in um, scientific fields and so we um, we've maintained our relationship and decided that we would go you know for another application and in another application cycle and we significantly re revised our proposal and um we're successful in in obtaining the funding that we needed for our research awesome laura thank you for sharing that so casey um kind of going back to what we talked about earlier um you know there are obviously various mechanisms to get research our researchers and university partners connected um, we've heard two very different experiences and i love that we can share that with folks who are listening and and so that our both our university partners and our smes on staff can um, see that there are <laughs> there isn't just one way to make that love connections as it were 
<laughs> yeah, I love that. I actually didn't know that Davida, um, that you've got on LinkedIn. That's that's pretty awesome. I love to hear that. So, Casey, Laura and Davida have, you know, gotten funding for their projects. What's if if you can talk about you know what the funding level is, how long is the funding for, um, you know, kind of all those details. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, so I, I, I will again kind of fall back on things have changed a little bit. When we sure. first started, um, we did projects for 75,000 and we were able to for um, FY21 to increase that dollar amount to 150,000. So projects are, I say that FY22 is a little bit weird because of a, yet another change that we're making. Um, We'll pick back up in FY23 with the standard 150,000 again moving forward. Okay. Uh, long story short, we are um, we're trying to align the ODRD cycle with the um, fiscal year so that it's uh, easier on our university partners, easier on our ORU staff. So um, we did a little bit of shifting around, but I won't yeah. go into those details right now. Sure, sure. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they're they're for a year long um, projects, and um, Laura and Davida's projects started in, um, yeah, we'll say May. It was April, May of last year, um, and will end in May of this year. And they had um, 150,000 split between them and between the university, so they could they were able to divide that up. Um, more or less to the extent that they wanted. We we did ask folks to um, try to keep it as, as equal as possible. Um, we, we put a few boundaries on that just to make sure that um, everyone was contributing equally. Um, sure. The other thing that I do want to kind of stress is that our ORU subject matter experts really kind of have the run of, of how this works. So Laura and Davida are are 100% in charge of, of their projects. Um, it's not me, it's not our office that's handling the reins on this. It's It all lies with them, so the ownership is okay. theirs, and they're both doing a fantastic job. Awesome. Um, and then, and this may be a question for Laura and Davida as well, after the year, if work needs to continue or you arrive at conclusions that need more research, can they reapply? Can they, is there a mechanism to, I guess, keep the project going if necessary? They can reapply, um, but what we really encourage with these um, ODRD projects, we we really hope that they don't stop there, you know, that they, they springboard into something that, because um, we know these folks are passionate about what they're working on, um, mm -hmm. so they springboard into something that they can continue working on you know, potentially with um, an external funder um, to keep yeah. it going, you know, five years, six years, 10 years, whatever it might look like, whatever's necessary. So that's that's okay. actually part of what we asked them to do um, during their proposal and towards the kind of closeout of their one-year project just to start thinking about, you know, do they write white papers? Do they give presentations at conferences? Do they publish in journal articles? Gotcha, so they can keep the work going. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you that we want to make sure we cover? We um, we've asked our like I said they are, you know they are one hundred percent in charge of, of their projects. Um, but 
as I've said a couple of times now, I think that we're really here to support them. And so in order to do that, we've asked that um, the three um, ORU principal investigators give us kind of quarterly updates on their, we invite their um, university counterparts. I think Feruza joined us on the last one or maybe the one before that, but we just talk through kind of, um, but we're very, <laughs> we're very cognizant and try to stress this is not like a pass fail kind of, kind of check in. We just want to hear, you know, what's going on? What progress have you made? Tell us about um, any issues, anything that you, you need help with. Um, you know, I, not to put Laura on the spot, but I know she had a couple of, um, she had a software purchase that we needed to, to help her kind of incorporate. So we were able to, to work that issue. So it's just kind of those things, you know, let us know what cool things have come out in your research. Where are you? Are you, um, has your project changed? Because we know research changes. It might not look sure. the way it does when you first started. Um, so we, I think our last one was middle of October, um, and we will have another one in January or so, um, or maybe it's February, just to kind of touch base and and see. Um, and that one I think will be really interesting because we'll have passed the six mark six month mark. Um, so I know I know these guys have already started getting some really cool results. Awesome. Well, on that note, I look forward to um, talking to Laura and Davida and Julie Crumley, who could not be with us today, um, about their projects in more depth in future episodes of the podcast. Davida? I am so sorry to add something else. I no, think it good. may be good to talk about how um, our workforce is changing, you know, with the influx of new people and that the ODRD program gives us a way to bring, you know, it's not necessarily just for people who have experience doing research, but it's a way to kind of build that expertise within ORU among the people who are coming into these entry-level positions. And so it's a nice way to bridge that gap and to provide some type of mentorship to younger staff. Oh, I love that. Thank you for saying that, um, Tavita, because you're right. I mean, as Casey said, anyone can apply for um, ODRD funding. So that's that's a great point. But it's it's a good good mechanism for for folks who are just entering the company. Same thing on the university side too. You know, we it's a good opportunity for young researchers there um, as well. I I just wanted to add that on our quarterly check-ins, I have felt particularly supported by the University Partnerships Office because it's an opportunity for us to talk not only about our successes, but also our, our challenges. And the, the office has really helped me um, think about other ways that I could resolve some, some points where I might be a little bit stuck or, um, you know, just kind of help me, help me resolve other barriers that I have. And so, the quarterly check-ins aren't punitive at all. They're actually, you know, a support mechanism. And I I look forward to them because it's it's just another mechanism to um, to help me move forward with our research. That's great, um, Laura. And I think an important point for, um, again, going back to those check-ins and, you know, how important they are. You know, not just to make sure that the research is progressing, but to resolve any issues that you all may be 
you know, facing or, you know, hurdles that might need to be jumped over for whatever reason. Uh, or, you know, like you said, new ways of thinking about something. So, um, all right, um, ladies, I thank you so much for your time today. And um, I look forward, Laura and Davida, um, to talking further about your specific research projects and letting folks know a little bit more about um, what you're specifically looking at. So thank you. And um, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at ORAU and on Instagram at ORAU Together. If you like Further Together, the ORAU podcast, we would appreciate you giving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews will help more people find the podcast.